Both of our passages of Scripture are really important for both the sense of how to do life and the broader perspective on life. The one that Todd just read is one of those instructive moments in the life of faith where an inquisitive person interacting with Jesus asks this question about a big picture. What is it that I need to do to inherit eternal life? In other words, how do I get all this together and make life work? Now, the way the question happened to Jesus, there's more to it. There was sort of a test there. But the question he was asking is one that really is on all of our hearts in a way. How do we really navigate life? What is it that means the most? How do we find significance and purpose? Well, Jesus knew this guy knew the answer because he was a student of the law. And so Jesus flipped the question and said, well, you tell me, what does the Scripture say? And he knew. And he quoted from both places in the Hebrew Scriptures that are really, really central to this big picture question. He first quoted from Deuteronomy in the Hebrew Scriptures, and he said, love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then he quoted from another part of the Hebrew Scriptures, Leviticus, and he said, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And Jesus' response is very instructive. Jesus said, you're exactly right. Do this, and our Scripture said today, you will live. But really, the way it's worded, it's more like do this. If you can figure this out, how to love God with everything you are and everything you have, and love your neighbor as you love yourself, if you can figure this out, you will come alive. In other words, it has nothing to do with something off in the future. It is very much present tense. It's all about right here and right now and how we share life together. One of the great things about scouting is it really gets at the heart of this. Will brought up, I think, very importantly, the power of reverence and looking at life with the eyes of faith is vital to all of us. Well, Jesus was really pushing this and affirmed this person's answer. So let's explore just a moment what this scripture from Deuteronomy and Leviticus that appears in what we call our New Testament in Luke chapter 10, what does this really say to us today? And we'll flip the, the script in a way because uh, the, the lawyer that Jesus was interacting with started with Deuteronomy, love God, and then quoted Leviticus, love others and love self. Let's, let's flip it for just a moment and, and start out with what does it mean to love self? I had the great gift this last week of returning back to where I began in ministry and started with a group of clergy guys like me exploring life of faith. And we would, from time to time, explore these things together in a clergy group that I had the chance of being a part of. And, and we talked about loving others, loving God, but we really started as this group of clergy trying to figure out how do we care for ourselves in the midst of all the demands that we have as pastors, as 
fathers, as friends, as husbands, and as people of faith trying to be a part of a faith community. And we together really got this idea of let's focus in on what does it mean to care for ourselves. And we established 30 years ago a clergy group where we would gather together once a month and laugh together and cry together and tell the truth together and develop relationships that were trusting and open and honest and transparent where we could really be who we needed to be in this group of guys. And we really worked together on how do we, how do we really help one another be the best part of ourselves that God is calling us to be, to ourselves, to our family, to our community, and to God. And so this group, this past week, this was our 30th anniversary, and it's a bunch of old guys, I, I, I acknowledge. And we, we spent some time inside and outside, but we, in some very refreshing, fun ways, were kind of reliving uh, the journey that we've been on together for the last 30 years, and just kind of exploring together the stories that we've been a part of, and the story we've, stories we've shared. And one of the things, one of the clear strains that has moved with us through the years is this business of how we need to discern between being childish and still being childlike. Now, some of you uh, guys and girls may have heard your parents say, would you stop being so childish? That doesn't mean don't be childlike. The power of remaining connected to the little boy or the little girl that looked at life with wide eyes and a big smile, a sense of trust and appreciation, of thanksgiving and gratitude, that childlike quality that for all of us is so vital to the life of faith and growing and learning and developing as people of faith with reverence and hope and love. It reminded me, too, of some camping trips that I took as a scout, one in particular that was a little later in the, the year than this, later spring, and trees were, were out, and the sky was beautiful, and it was gorgeous, and my patrol had just found a place to camp on our camping trip, not far from where I grew up, outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee, this lovely spot in kind of this little crevasse where there was a lot of moss. Now, this was important for me in those days. Uh, you all have technology that allows you to sleep wherever you want on nice padded uh, things that you don't have to worry about sleeping on the ground. But when I was coming along, that technology did not exist. So we looked for places that had good thick moss. And so we were setting up our tent, and we are realizing that it was next to a dry stream bed, and we were thinking, wow, if it rains, uh, this could be a big problem. Well, a guy in our patrol named Bobby goes, not for me, it's not. He pulls out, new technology for those days, an air mattress. Now, this had not occurred to any of us. We were all sleeping right on the ground, but Bobby had an air mattress, and he began to blow it up. We set up our tent. Bobby puts his air mattress there in the tent, and we all start trying to go to sleep. Well, he's on an air mattress. It's comfortable. He goes to sleep like that. And it turns out he snores terribly. We're in a tent together. 
So we're thinking, what are we going to do? So the other, the three of us that were still awake were kind of like, uh, well, he's on an air mattress. How about we just try to move him out of the tent? Now, the nice thing about this air mattress was it had a little rope on the end, so we, we started pulling a little bit, a little bit. The air mattress moved really nicely over that moss. It was kind of going downhill. We moved a little farther. He was snoring really loudly, so we had to get him quite a distance away, not that far, maybe a mile or two. And, <laughs> and it wasn't that far, but it was far enough that we didn't have to listen to his snoring. Well, about as the sun was coming up the next morning, we are starting to feel kind of guilty. Hope Bobby's okay. So we go down the hill, and Bobby, we can still hear him snoring. And we wake him up. Bobby, it's time to get our stuff together and go back home. He goes, where am I? How did I get all the way down here? It must have rained. And the river flowed me down here. And what a beautiful spot. Bobby, if you're watching today, um, we never lied to you. We just let that go. (laughs) It reminded me of that childlike wonder of looking at that gorgeous surroundings, being outside, the gift of camping and scouting and enjoying the camaraderie with one another, the childlike sense of seeing the world with open heart and open eyes versus childishness that sadly is happening a lot in our world right now. How childishly we can treat one another with pettiness and selfishness and foolishness. That tension between childishness and childlikeness remains with all of us. And the Bible is always calling us to lean more in the direction of childlike in faith in hope, and in love. The other part of this teaching is about others. And so let's talk about the tension in looking at the world with a childlike sense of hope and faith and love and looking at the world with this tension of being care-filled versus care-less. Now, a lot of you all, I'm sure, have interacted with folks and heard people say, you know what, I could care less, which is a very careless way of looking at the world. Biblically, and a part of this teaching, the richness of what Jesus is kind of pushing back on this guy from the the rich teachings of Deuteronomy and Leviticus is the word neighbor that you heard in the Scripture is a very flexible term. And what happens in this passage is Jesus really pushes the limits in good Jewish fashion of seeing the world with much more open eyes and heart. Neighbor, in fact, means simply folks that are out there that are just other than you. The world is filled with neighbors who may not live next to you, who may be different than you, who probably are different than you, and yet we are still called to be care-filled, compassionate people, concerned about those around us, here and beyond, in other parts of the world. It's a tall order, and it's a great driving force in being better people than we imagine possible. And yet together, through organizations like Scouting, 
broadening our perspective and together helping us move beyond where we think we could go alone. This idea of loving ourselves, loving others, and loving God. This word of awe for me is valuable, and I pair it with another word in just a second. But to look with this childlike faith into the world with a sense of awe, there are a lot of things that many of us, like those who say, I could care less, also sometimes look at the world and say, things are just awful. Well, there's some truth, sadly, in that, with a lot of the stuff that you and I face, whether it's in school or in our jobs or in the world as a whole, there are some things that just feel awful, but that does not negate nor push to the side the awe that we can view God's world with. The very gift of life itself should fill us with a sense of awe. And the other word is a sense of wonder. What a gift it is to share in this wonder-filled life with a vision of awe and possibility. To live with a life that is wonder-filled is a life that is wonderful. And the word wonder should travel with us. And it's what Jesus really is, is pushing that guy that confronted him and the rest of us in hearing this teaching that to live with this sense of loving God with everything we are and everything we have, loving others as we love ourselves is a journey that truly is rich and broad and beautiful, one filled with wonder that is wonder-filled and wonderful. And it allows each of us to experience that challenge that Jesus gave to that guy asking the question. If you can figure this out, if you can be on a journey with those that care about you and you care about, and you can challenge each other and lift each other up and support each other, you can really come alive. May it be so. Brothers and sisters, amen.